Listener Production. We popped the lid on the Tupperware and it's passed the sniff test. But it's still good. And now we're reheating it just for you. These are the best bits of Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Hello, Matt and Alex here on a Wednesday, um, otherwise known sometimes, Matt, as a hump day, middle of the week. But it's the middle of the week in the week that's the middle of the year. The solstice happened this week. Shortest day of the year. Shout out to my mate Dave Ando Anderson for having his birthday in the least sunlight. Um, (laughs) Happy birthday to him. It's tough to have your birthday on the winter solstice because it makes it Really difficult to do the all-nighter. Yeah, it's the toughest you know, all-nighter like it's, there is. It's, it's the, it's just can't get harder so, than that. Um, Shout-outs to him. And um, thank you, you, for listening to our little show this first six months of 2021. Um, we thought Hump Day, we'd take a look back today at the first six months of the year, a couple of our fave moments. Um, we had a new friend join us with an N in his name. Uh, obviously talking to you is one of our highlights, and so there's a few calls in there as well. And not to mention, we're going to be hearing our incredible mate Sam Mack uh, about his book, about all his journeys across uh, the last few years as Australia's premier morning show weatherman. And we're going to be dipping back into one of the most fun moments of the year, the live show we put on for our first birthday. And uh, Matt O'Kine, you uh, opened up the voice box and gave us a little bit of Whispering Jack, and I did my best air bagpipe. Or a um, little bit of a performance of Johnny Farnham, a cappella. Yeah, much like Johnny Farnham's uh, retirement, Australia's second favourite podcast game, one of these things didn't happen, did come back round. Uh, so you'll hear that a little bit later on as well. It'll hopefully be lots of fun. Hope you are well and enjoy this little hump day treat. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. Matthew, you brought us the news story yesterday of some irate parents who threw out some stuff which made an irate son uh, get a lot of money. Please refresh us as to what happened. Yeah, that's right. A son, 42 years old, moved back in with his parents after a divorce, became furious that they had thrown away $29,000 worth of his pornographic material, magazines, videos, all down the gurgler. He was not aware that there is some free options online, uh, but <laughs> that does not <laughs> that does not discount the fact <laughs> that it was appraised to that amount and the judge said, you threw out his property, that's a big no-no. So we asked you, what have your parents thrown away? And uh, Blaze has got in touch with us. G'day, Blaze. G'day, boys. Now, Blaze, your mum threw some stuff out when you moved into state but kept a few things. Oh, my God. My mum, bloody nightmare. So I moved into state a couple of years ago for a three-month job, a three-month contract, and I left everything at my parents' place expecting to come back and find it all. Sure enough, I fly back home for Christmas three months after I'd moved over, and my I arrived really late at night and no one's awake, and I'm going to my room like, oh, looks a bit different. Where's all, where's all my artwork? Where's everything I own? My room had been transformed from my teenage bedroom into like the equivalent of a middle-aged woman's beige hotel. Everything was gone. It was super bare. And I'm thinking, this looks really boring. This looks really weird. Where's all my stuff? Where's it my My Chemical boxes. Romance posters? Where's, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yep. Where's my dolly posters? Where's the field <laughs> section? Seriously. Yeah. And Chatting so, Tatum should be up on this wall somewhere. Yeah. And so I wake up the next morning, chat to her about it. And she goes, oh. I got rid of all. I did a spring clean. I got rid of it all. And I'm like, what do you mean you got rid of it all? She threw out. She is a clean freak. She threw out 
everything I own. I'm talking clothes. I'm talking cameras. I lost a GoPro. I what? lost makeup. What? Yeah, threw I a GoPro go- in the bin? <laughs> Wait, three months? You were gone for three months and three she months. just threw everything away? So brutal. And so I am furious. I lost a pair of diamond earrings and I'd inherited from my dead nana. Like, everything no, is no. gone. Are you kidding? What? She, she did the old, like, pull the drawers out, tip, everything is gone. Oh. And I'm like, I'm, I'm furious. I still get angry thinking about it now. Like, this is four years ago, and I'm like, oh, my God, all oh my poor things. Three months, so, right? <laughs> what happens when you go to the shops with some milk? You go out and come back, the carpets have been stripped, there's no curtains on. Goodness gracious. Oh, my word. I mean, Maybe I should have read the room. Maybe that was her being like, don't you bet the big she don't come back here. But wow. Wow. That is All a right, well. place. Thank you so much. Hopefully you're able to um, yeah, repopulate your uh, your items in life uh, one by one. <laughs> Thanks, Blaze. And uh, Matt from Melbourne, you your mum uh, threw away one thing, or, or did she? Yeah. Uh, it's the only thing of mine my mum has ever thrown away. And it's the worst possible thing she could have thrown away. Uh-oh. It was a pair of uh, Jordan 12 basketball shoes in the obsidian blue and white colour. <gasps> my first ever pair that I won from, uh, I was in grade 8 at the time, and I won from a, a kid at my school in grade 11. His uh, father bought them for him and they didn't fit. So I asked <laughs> if I could have them and he said, if I could beat him in a game of one-on-one, uh, they were mine. So, oh, what is this a script from a movie? <laughs> no, it sounds like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it, but, uh, it was the talk of the school, and uh, it all went down at lunchtime. And He's playing for the Jordans. Come on, yeah, down, everyone. Right. A year eighter to a year elevener. Is this exactly. this is insane? Had you had it your is. growth spurt yet? <laughs> no, I hadn't, and neither had he, which is probably what uh, how he came undone. He wasn't too tall either. And but, um, at the end, like to, to win, did you do a jump up and then he grabbed onto you and your arm extended <laughs> really long and then dropped it in the hoop? Not not quite, but I did I did beat him with a, a killer crossover, which was made famous by Tim Hardaway back in the 90s. <laughs> oh. that's, that's what sealed it. My gosh. So, very nice. so, what, so she threw the shoes away? Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I moved out, kept them... All through school, um, mum tried to give them back to the kid and he said, no, look, they don't fit anyway, they, he, he can keep them. But, um, yeah, moved out, moved to Queensland with some friends, came back a couple of months later, thought I'll get these shoes and put them up on the mantelpiece in the bedroom mm-hmm. and they're gone. And uh, I confronted mum about it and she claimed she didn't throw them out. Oh, I just have no idea how they could have. Did you start? Maybe they jumped out. They jumped themselves to the nearest. Did you start just scouring the op shops in your area, just (laughs) looking for these things? Because they sound like one of these collector's items. Because these shoes can go for so much money. Yeah, they can. It's it's left some pretty deep psychological scars to the point (laughs) that I've got. I've now got about two glass cases full of. Retro basketball shoes. I'm just trying wow. to. Wow. Do you know what? You need to go. You need to throw it down in, to your mum. You say, "Me, you, one on one at the basketball <laughs> yeah, court. If I shoes. beat you, I get the shoes back." Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> that is Thanks, it. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. And we've also got Mia from Kingscliffs. G'day, Mia. Hi. How's it going? So Great. good. Please tell us what did your parents throw out? So it wasn't actually my parents. It was my grandma threw out something of my dad's. Oh, um, okay. So, His parents. Yeah. It's really, he gets really upset about it. So I've actually had to walk away and make sure he's not listening. It's a bit tender still. Oh, oh um, okay. So my dad had the original Mac computer, like the first 
one of the first ever like Apple computers. Yeah. He had it preserved in like this special backpack thing. He like it's got all the cores, the connectors, everything. Yeah. Oh, so no. his cousin calls up one day and goes, "DT, like, I just saw that there was a one of the, like, the exact same computer as yours sold for eight hundred thousand dollars US." No. <laughs> the cleaning ladies for free <laughs> no and he just like hung up the phone and just sat down and stared at the ground for a really really long time and it slowly walked into the ocean <laughs> yeah i haven't actually seen him in about five years it's, it's pretty rough wow oh does it, so does the cleaning lady still have it well i Did don't she know find yeah, well, I know. she's we not a cleaning that. lady anymore. <laughs> no, <laughs> she owns cleaning the cleaning business. <laughs> the cleaning empire. Oh, wow. That <laughs> is incredible. Thank you so much, Mia. I really appreciate you talking to us. Thanks. See ya. Jeez, thank you to everyone. They, they oh, were some so good. spot-on stories. Goodness <laughs> me. Parents, like my dad literally called me yesterday and goes, I've got your year 10 diary here. Do you want me to get rid of it? And I'm like, no, oh, you better keep that. Just in case. There's some gold in there, I'm sure. $900,000 one day. (laughs) Exactly. It's a Best Bits breakfast buffet. What tasty treats shall we indulge in next? Maybe this one. Shock jocks bring in the numbers. Oh, mate, do they ever? Have you seen what some of these these people are getting paid? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I have. eye-watering. All right. It is. I think I think society's sort of going that way. Like I even stumbled across the uh, Wikipedia article for outrage porn, which is all about sort of tapping into people's, you know, Privates? desire to be oh, <laughs> no, okay. desire Sorry. to be outraged. There's something about you know being outraged about the news, which yeah. really, you know, sets people off. And it's not just on radio. Like on I've seen it on Instagram recently. You see the news of Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. Potato Head will now fall under the umbrella of the potato world and so that they're taking away the genders of it. And people are outraged. on it. And the news articles play up to it. PC, is this PC gone mad? And everyone's in there in the comments just having a real crack. And they don't, they don't care. They just want people to be outraged with this stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, can I just say... You're too nice, okay? <laughs> and and no, and I and I mean it. It's affecting our show. Yeah, it's affecting our ratings, and more importantly, it's affecting our pay packet. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> because I have been dragging you down a little bit you with my have, politeness. You're killing me here. <laughs> all right, can you please? Look, I know. Start pissing people off. I have received that feedback from multiple areas, and look, I'm prepared. I'm prepared to shake off my, you know. Wholesome, oh. lovable persona. Are we seeing? And, is, are we? Are we seeing transform. a new you? I'm going to transform. Okay, oh. because no more Mr. Nice Rat Dog is what's happening here, Matt O'Kine. No. I'm going to be adding every now and again an N to my name. Ooh, and I'm going to become <laughs> Rat Dong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everyone, step away from Rat Dong. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not between the O and the G. I'm adding an N between the A and the T. Oh, okay. And I am becoming 
rant dog. That's right. Okay. <laughs> For two. Oh, man. Rat dog. Unbelievable. Oh, sorry, I just, you, you should have clarified. No, I it's mean- rant dog because I got a few problems with you people. Oh. And it's about time. Yeah. Some certain subsections of society have been yeah. pissing me off. Yeah. All right? <laughs> yes, mate. Go. And this is the kind of stuff that I want cab drivers to be telling their passengers about, you know, yes. the complaining. All right? And you know what I'm talking about? You know what? You know what I'm talking about, Matt O'Kine? What? I am sick of people standing next to me looking up and going, oh, there's not a cloud in the sky. And then I look up to enjoy that and I go, nah, there's one. And I look to the side and I'm like, there's another one. When will people start doing their due diligence and check the sky thoroughly mm. before making such claims, Matt? Do you know what annoys me? What's Can that? I jump in on this? Yeah, go. You know what I love? Fresh bread, all right? <laughs> Do you know what I like quite often feel like? A sandwich, okay, quite regularly. Yeah. I feel like a sandwich yeah. just for lunch, yeah. okay? Do you know what you can never buy? Two slices of bread. You always got to buy a loaf of bread. I don't want a whole loaf. Yeah. I just want two fresh yeah. slices for Christ's sake. Yep. Yeah. We will bakers learn. What the bakers of Australia need to do is bake a bread so you can chop off, chop off the two end bits that are garbage and you've got only two slices two in the middle. Slices. It's a four That's slicer. The two on the edges, <laughs> you feed to birds. <sighs> You're right, Matt. You go to the deli. Right? Imagine, imagine I'm ordering some bloody salami at the deli, mm. all right? And I'll go, I'll have some salami, thanks. And they go, how many slices? Two. You're like, sorry, we only sell a whole sliced <laughs> salami. <laughs> a whole leg of ham. Exactly. That's not useful to me. No, give me the slices that I want, <laughs> all right? I would number them. Anyway, back to the sky, Matt, because I'm not done with this. Sorry, sorry, mate. It is typical of this generation where every child gets a participation trophy, all right, mm. and every sky, no matter even if it's got a few clouds in it, oh, yeah, that's good enough. I'm going to say there's no clouds. Like, no, all right, there are pure skies, and they should be treated as such. Yeah, and you, you know, you're just telling it how it is. That's, that's all, all it is. That's all it is. You're just telling it how it is. But my, people are scared. They are people are scared they these really, days to tell it how it is. So really thank are. you, Randong. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Rat dong. <laughs> Thank you, rat dong, for telling you how it no, is. No, that's, um, that's a different alternative persona I have. That's less outrage porn and more porn. Just um, porn. <laughs> All right. Anyway, give us a topic and I'll give you a rant. Okay, get in touch. Matt.and.alex. These are the best bits of Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Extremely happy right now, Matt O'Kine, to be chatting to um, potentially the, the the first Gold Logie nominee we've had on all day breakfast. I've been doing it for a year, and um, I think they're the very first one joining us. Uh, they're TV personality, radio personality, and now author of Accidental Weatherman. Joining us from the couch that I've often slept on, it's Mr. Sam <laughs> Mack. Oh, <laughs> uh, look at it. It's um, 
It's still reeling from those nights that you spent here, Alex. It's, uh, <laughs> it Sam, may take a few years to truly recover. It's Sam, something. I, I can promise you now, if I've got one tip for you, it's have a baby, okay? Because <laughs> that is the only thing that stopped Alex Dyson from get from sending the uh oi mate i'm gonna be in sydney soon can i uh <laughs> stay at yours in fact my daughter doesn't even exist i just made her up to uh to stop staying over i thought your tip was going to be burn the couch but <laughs> having a baby is much more elaborate <laughs> that is a big play it's the long play sam it's good but i uh, thank you very much for joining us you have been the sunrise weather man for nigh on four to five years we're five and a half five yeah. and a half Goodness me, time flies. And uh, you've written a book about your experiences. Obviously, it, it's an excellent read. It's very hilarious. There's a chapter, there must be a chapter missing in this uh, book, though, because it doesn't say anything about you going through the Bureau, Bureau of Meteorology, weatherman, you know, um, <laughs> course, in order to become a qualified TV weatherman. I thought that was just implied, you know, like why, why get bogged down in like the backstory? Let, let's just get to the good stuff. Get to the unicycle ride, mate. Come on. Get to the bungee jumping. Yeah. Get to the tap dancing. So, Sam, I mean, do you work? You, like, you must have a meteorologist behind like the all the info though. How does it all work? Yeah, sure. <laughs> The old Google Weather Australia and then um, away you go every day. You know, I, Matt, I put the gist in meteorologist. I mean, we'll get close, you know. We've got, we've got this thing here, this little bad boy who uh, is with me every day. Oh, notifications, popular, whatever. Uh, if not Australia's, like, favourite weatherman of all time, you'd be up there with it. But take me back to the, the you know... <clears throat> The days leading up to you saying yes to this job. Now, I remember personally before I took on the the breakfast with Alex Dyson at Triple J, people sort of think, oh, you just you just jump into it, but you have a lot to think about. And it turned out to be the best decision I've ever made. And was this the same thing when you when you were considering whether you were gonna suddenly become a weatherman? Well, it was it was kind of out of left field. I, I was doing, you know, like you guys hosting radio shows and hosting little bits on TV and I was doing lots of little bits and then suddenly this opportunity came up and very quickly they needed an answer. And and when I say quickly, I mean so quick that I didn't have any time to even say that I had no qualifications whatsoever <laughs> in weather or meteorology. Like I haven't even done a tape short course. Um, I, don't, I, don't, I think if I was at a pub quiz night, I probably wouldn't even be the most popular, like well-versed guy on me- meteorology in that room. Um, I just kind of said, well, yes. And then I, I presumed that part of getting the job would involve some sort of you know, training in the first few months, but it just never happened. And it's now been five and a half years. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. And on, on day one, as it says in Accidental Weatherman, they um, they organised a, a special treat rather than training for uh, for weather and barometric pressure and all those sort of things. Uh, they trained you in the ancient art of scaring the living hell out of you for others' entertainment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it was. I was, bun- I was uh, blindfolded on my first day, re- took off the blindfold and um, I saw a go-kart track and thought that I was going to be go-karting, but they said, turn around. There was a big sign that said bungee. And that was literally my introduction to the show. (laughs) And as I was flying through the sky, you know, screaming for my life, I started to think, maybe I'm not here for my weather qualifications at all. (laughs) 
You you have been pretty. I I can imagine that you've probably been to more places in Australia than than most people. Um, where are some of the you know things that stand out for you on your on your travels? It's often the places that you've never heard of or, or never been before. Like one of my absolute standouts, we did a thing called Australia A to Z, where we had people write into us and tell us where we should go for, for whatever letter that they, the town that they lived in. And it almost became like an Olympic bid where towns were really getting behind. Like, you've got to see our bakery. We've, our mayor is a legend. There's a guy who has a galah on his shoulder, like all these random <laughs> things. But it was great because they were so passionate about it. And it was going really well, the feature. And then as we got close to the letter X, my producer, the human emoji, and I started going, I don't know if there is an X town. I mean, there's X mouth, but that starts with an E. Mm. So then we did a bit of digging, i.e. Google, i.e. my weather reports. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we discovered there's actually only one town in the whole country that begins with the letter X, and it's called Xantippe, X-A-N-T-I-P-P-E. And it's in the um, Wheat Belt region of Western Australia. So... For, for W, which was the day previous, we were in Wagga Wagga. So we had to, in one day of travel, fly from Wagga Wagga to Sydney, wait for a connecting flight, fly from Sydney to Perth, long flight, time difference issues, get to Perth, then drive three and a half hours to the wheat belt of of WA to this place called Zantippi. There were barely signs for this place. We had to stay 45 minutes out of Zantippi because they don't have accommodation there. <laughs> so, so the next morning, because of the time difference, we start the show at, you know, 3 a.m. or something, and there's 100 people in Zantippi, and the population is only 22. We couldn't believe it because all the local towns are like, we just can't believe you're going to Zantippi. And they all drove an hour to get involved in this thing. And, and literally all they had in Zantippi was a rock and a shed. So we stood on top of the rock, had great views of the shed, and that was <laughs> it. <laughs> That's incredible, Sam. I, I guess it's sort of um, something I got from reading the book. It shows that, yeah, you're right, and you're so great in self-depreciating about the weather kind of thing, but it shows that the great part about your job, it's not so much about the weather, it's about the human connection of it, and people are proud of their towns. They like sh showing what their lived experience is. Can you say... Uh, can you tell us a few of the great connections that you've had with people over the distance as part of this job that you may not have even realised that was part of it going in? Well, that's why I've lasted five and a half years and, you know, I can probably keep going because there is actually, as you guys would learn through doing the show and, and touring, like there's an endless supply of stories and characters and interesting people around Australia. There's also a lot of really boring people, but you get pretty good at avoiding them <laughs> and just moving on really fast from those conversations or, or mysteriously not putting them to air. Um, <laughs> but but I've, I've, I don't know, like in terms of standouts, I definitely focus, I, I didn't want the book to all be, you know, just the silly, wacky, crazy adventures. That's definitely a part of it. And the absurdity of the job is a part of the book, but it was important to me that it had heart. And I've, I've met some amazing people who I've just formed little connections with. And then like you guys do, you, you keep in contact with people, you become invested in their stories. And, you know, there was, um, there was a little kid um, named Aaron who was doing a sport called race running. You know, he, he needed this, um, I guess, a specially designed um, chair to be able to race and, and compete. And his hero um, is Kurt Fernley, which is just an amazing role model for him. And, we met him at his school at Roselle Public School one morning and he was telling me about reading Kurt's book and I just put it out on the air. I said, well, Kurt sometimes watches Sunrise. I think he follows me on Instagram. I'm going to send him a DM. We're going to mention it on the show and we're going to see if we can arrange for you to meet him. And then literally within two hours, Kurt got back to us and, and two weeks later, Aaron met his hero, Kurt, at this training camp and now they've been campaigning to get that sport included in more of the programs uh, around Australia. So that's just one example of like, 
you know, using the platform and using the people that you meet to kind of connect them with other people or to give them something to feel good about themselves. And a lot of the book is championing, you know, those people, those characters or those stories, those causes that I've met along the way. It's it's pretty crazy. Like this book forced me to look back because I'm always kind of what's tomorrow, what's next week's show. Mm. But it forced me to look back and I've been to over 800 places around Australia. And I say places because they're not all towns. Some of them are literally <laughs> caravan parks, <laughs> workplaces, yeah. like random spots that we find ourselves doing the show. But the, the randomness is part of the fun of the job. Well, look, I mean, you've been to so many places, experienced so many things, and met so many incredible people. It's all detailed in Accidental Weatherman, uh, which is available now. But, Sam, we wanted to get you, while you are with us on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, we thought we'd play a little game with you. Mm. Uh, and it's a game that's never been played on Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast before. This is specially crafted for you, my friend. Bespoke radio content. <laughs> and it is a game called Never Have I Weather. <laughs> right, so you have to say whether you have never or whether you weather have evered. Well, never have I ever, but we're just calling it weather because you're a weatherman. It's look, yeah. there is nothing. This is nothing like the actual never have I ever. This is just <laughs> we just had a good name for the segment. <laughs> All right, now. Here we hey, go. Hang on, Dude, Matt. Do you even want to play the game, or do you just want to get out on the pub? <laughs> I just wanted to say that. Look, uh, it's been a pleasure. No, look. Here we go. Here we go. Sam Mack, Australia's premier weatherman. Question one: Never have I weather gotten the weather blatantly wrong. I have definitely done that. Um, I <laughs> and I wasn't out by two or three degrees. One one morning there was a and literally it was literally a typo. And I was 14 degrees out for Adelaide. Your hometown as well, Sam. (laughs) I said Adelaide 37 and sunny today, and it was in the low 20s. (laughs) Adelaideans were preparing for a heat wave. It was never going to come. Oh, they would have let you know about it as well. Question number two. Never have I weather been hung over for a live weather cross. Absolutely. And it's been well documented. Um, look, it's it's something that, you know, the show, let's be honest, the show is essentially a tonight show. It's just on a little bit later. Like the show starts so early. Yeah. Like I, I go to work and people are coming home. Like the show, yeah. I get to work at 5 a.m. Like a good night ends at around 5 a.m. So, yes. Wasn't there a time where um, they aired the footage of you literally getting out of a taxi and running up to a microphone <laughs> and then just getting handed the weather and you're basically just saying it straight away. Yeah, so I, <laughs> that was live on air. The poor taxi driver was so confused. Like a ring light, this TV lights was just suddenly in his cab. He must have thought, oh, great, I've picked up a criminal again. <laughs> and, the, and it went live to air and they literally handed me a mic and I apologise. And look, and considering I've been doing it five and a half years, I've only either been late or missed the first cross literally two or three times. It's a pretty good, mm, that's a great pretty effort. good number, I would say. Incredible effort. All right, well, moving on. Question number three, never have I weather completely lost control of a segment. I mean, you're you're around, you've got kids, you've got animals, you've got circus performers. Where has it just gone wrong? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I can think of a prime example of that. We were at a place called Doggy Daycare and, and I can't see the hosts. I can only hear them. I don't see a monitor. So I heard the hosts laughing, and which is rare during my segments, as you guys would know. And... Um, I was wondering what they were laughing at and then Koshi actually said, Sam, turn around and I turn around and there's two dogs just absolutely going for it, like absolutely, like graphic. So I I start to lose it. We separate them and then we go to the weather 
and then we come back from the weather and <laughs> they, they didn't actually move them out of that section. We come back from the weather 20 seconds into the next part of the segment. The same dogs going for it again and the hosts lose it and I turn around and I'm like, oh, again. So we separate them again and then this is, this is the unbelievable thing about this story. We've separated the dogs so we're all good with those two. Another dog comes in takes a dump, takes a dump in the spot where those two had been doing it, all in the space of two minutes. It was unbelievable. And then as we were like, I said, guys, back to you. Like, we've got it. There's nothing else to say here. We'll be back in half an hour. Another dog comes in, like, from the grassy knoll and starts eating what was on the ground. You can wait for 30 minutes sitting there and nothing happens. As soon as the camera goes live, it all goes to pieces. Goodness me. Well, there are plenty of stories like that and heaps, heaps more in Sam Mack's book, Accidental Weatherman. Congratulations on doing it, man. It's such an achievement to put it out. Uh, all the best at, uh, for the rest of it. And thank you for helping us with the weather and making us laugh every morning on Sunrise. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are having some time off to clear the backlog on their Netflix queue. So in the meantime, here are some of their best bits. Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. One of these things didn't actually happen. One of these things is not true. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is Australia's fourth favourite radio game show segment. One of these things did not actually happen. That's right. Uh, Matt O'Kyan did two things. He made up one thing. It's your... One of the it's most famously cancelled podcast segments <laughs> of podcast history. But we do have... One of these comfy all-day breakfast robes to give away. You can literally wear this one because I am boiling. Please take <laughs> it from me. And is it? Have we picked someone as a first in best dressed brawn? What are we doing? Who wants to do Who it? Who wants, wants to do it? Oh, there up. we go. You up there, mate. Jump up. Come, Come on, on up. Hand give a round of applause. Let's go. Come up to the front. Now, you're not going to be doing it by yourself where everyone needs to help. This gentleman out. What's your name, sir? Jeremy. Jeremy. All right. Helping Jeremy out. So, uh, Jeremy, are you familiar with Australia's fourth favourite cancelled game show? Yes, very familiar. Okay, fantastic. Um, Said like a man who does 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, 30 seconds every time it comes on. Uh, so, I, I, um, okay, I only did two of these things and one of these things didn't actually happen. Now, Jeremy's going to be playing for it, but we want you all to help. You can all ask questions of Matt, but only one question each, okay? We can, by applause, see which one we think. But um, okay. Matt O'Kine, what's the first thing that happened to you? Okay. Story number one. I sung John Farnham's You're the Voice at my high school's 80th birthday celebration. Okay. John Farnham's You're the Voice at my high school's 80th birthday celebration. Story number two. Podcast listeners will cut it in and only have... He'll say that one time. <laughs> no, we won't. I'll get Marshy to loop it to make sure that we hear that. Now, uh, story number two. My dad once hosted the West Indian cricket team for a party at our house. Happened. Okay, now... Um, <laughs> not going to repeat that one, and I'm so... Glad that you don't have a microphone. Okay, now story number three. I once dressed up at a party as Whoopi Goldberg. 
Okay, one's dressed up at a party as Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> Jez, what do we reckon? Well, you ask a question first. Because we, we, we want to interrogate this man and get the mic right up into and the And if you guys there. have got any questions, put your hands up and let... Well, only a few days ago, yeah. you were ranting saying, my school doesn't appreciate, appreciate me at all. Mm. I've never been called back for anything. Destroyed by logic and facts. Okay. <laughs> you listen to the show. Good on you, mate. What are you? What, what are you trying to prove, mate? Okay. So do you have a question about that first one, though? To try and really catch him out on a while. Hey. What year was this? Two thousand and one. Because the school was officially founded in nineteen twenty-one. Brisbane State High School. Got an old high school friend up the back, Phoebe. Make some noise. Ooh. Make some noise, Phoebe. Yeah, that's right. Phoebe was in my year. I was in year 11, graduated in 2002, and I sung You're the Voice. All right, we've got a question in the crowd. We're going to walk into the crowd and uh, check this one out. Uh, what's your question for Matt O'Kine? Yeah, Matt O'Kine, my question is, can you please repeat the performance now? We have the chance to turn the pages over. Oh, you can write what you want to write. Oh, we can make it me before we get much older. Everybody, ready? Ready? One, two, three. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, I tell you what, I was well out of pitch on the day. <laughs> a comeback tour is on the cards, potentially, <laughs> uh, echoing the real Whispering Jack. All right, that's question number one. Uh, number two, Matt O'Kine, you were? Um, West Indian cricket team. Came Any to my questions? house, party. Well, there's a lot of questions there, but we all know Matt O'Kine is a great man and he would host anything at his house. That's very <laughs> true. Does anyone, have, crabs, does anyone so in the crowd have any questions to try and uh, even blink decide whether that this one. is true? Well, I mean, it is. They're all true. So, yeah, you're right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go. Let's go the next one then. What, what was the final? Uh... Whoopi Goldberg, I tell you what, big fan of Sister Act. Okay. So. Were you in the nun outfit? Of course. So, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> Can you appropriate a nun? Oh, I don't know. But, well, pro probably not. I mean, it probably wasn't, probably wasn't appropriate to be dressing as Whoopi Goldberg, to be honest. <laughs> it was about 10 years ago, so I apologise. Did you do the dread dreadies? Nah, I didn't do the dreadies. My hair, my hair was pretty long at that stage. Yeah, you take your hair seriously. Um, so. It was a party in Bondi Beach, a small one bedroom. My friends Marcus and Barb's had, uh, had hosted us. So, um, and yeah, that's about it. Someone also had a big horse head, which was going around. Yeah. What? I'm just trying to let you know that this all happened. You Fake know? one. 
Yeah, sorry. No, no. <laughs> Did I say party? I, I meant sorry. I meant a mafia gathering that I was. <laughs> she wasn't none. none. Yeah, exactly. Um, Got to so be very, very careful of those. But any other questions to call, catch Matt out on his sister act? John, you costume? can't. You can't because oh, they all hand happened. Up. They hand all up, happened. anyone? A little bit of help out here, guys. Everyone believes it. Oh, there's one over the side here. Okay, at the back. Let's go. A question for Matt to make sure we're, uh, we're all telling the truth here. Yeah, you said it was only 10 years ago, but your hair was also long. What's the story there? <laughs> oh, my God. Your mates, are you? Hey? <laughs> hey, little chirpy corner over here. Yeah, good one. Um, life happened, man. That's what happened. Um, yeah, no, I did have the did have the long hair. I was um, uh, it was good times. It was a bit a bit fuller back then, but um, I just thought it'd be a good homage. I, I don't know what else to tell you about that. I mean, that's just all. It all happened. You know what oh, I mean? It brings it us happened. to whether Jeremy goes home with a robe or not. Um, are you willing to make a choice? You want to ask the audience for cheers? Yeah, on each let's one? let's see what the audience think. Okay, that's one of those things didn't actually happen. Who thinks it was the first one, the John Farnham? Who thinks West Indian cricket team at Matt's house isn't true? Give us a cheer. Oh, wow. wow. Okay. I've really talked about that too much on the podcast, <laughs> haven't I? The that odds stings. have opened up a little bit. Uh, and number three, who thinks that it is the Bondi Whoopi Goldberg party that isn't true? <laughs> How do we feel about this? Robe on the Not line. enough help from the audience, honestly. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Have a good think about it. Uh, I'm going to just... I'm going to have to call out... Which one of these things did not actually happen? <laughs> Mark O'Kine did not host the West Indies Trigger Town. Get off. Get off the stage. I just can't believe... Was, that was true. That was true, man. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> no, that, okay, that was, okay. that was okay. true. It did happen. <laughs> so, wait. Wait, from the... From the very start, Jeremy, I think you made a comment that made us made Matt literally say out loud, oh, this guy listens to the podcast. <laughs> However, I don't think you've grasped the actual concept of the game, which is to find out the lie in there. Yeah, and I've stuffed that right up. <laughs> All right. Can't, just can't comprehend the West Indies cricket team being in Brisbane. Like, yeah, so that's No, 1988-89, they were there. All right, they all came over. We're talking Richie Richardson, talking Jimmy Adams, holding me up near the... I've said all this before. <laughs> so Not many times. <laughs> yeah. Well, does anyone else want to take a second stab at this? Come on, I'm opening it up. Just put your hand up. Yeah, go, go for it. What do you? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Probably wasn't like the 80th. It would have been like 75th if it happened at all. <laughs> oh, number one is not true. Matt, did that actually happen? I sung John Farnham's "You're the Voice." at our school's, my graduation in 2002, okay? So it was not the 80th celebration. It was not the party. That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got a story we need to hear? All the links are at mattandalex.com.au. Listener.